This is a Holding Hands podcast. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Always Child Focus Questions. I'm your host, Benjamin Goddard, reporting for duty, fully caffeinated, and joining me as always is our service manager, Jackie. Jackie, how are you? Hi, Ben. How are you going? I'm well, thank you. So, so far on the Always Child Focus questions, we've had Pamela Komonos, a family lawyer, and we've also had Julie Shedden and ICL. Who have we got today? And now we've got Dominique Jones from Inspire Minds on the podcast. Welcome, Dominique. How are you going today? I'm excellent. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm really excited too to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. So it's a funny story, actually, how Dominique and I met. Um, we were both at a um, East Lakes Market a few weeks back. Um, Dominique had a beautiful stall set up with some children's books, and I was immediately drawn to the stall. Uh, my eyes lit up. I went, oh, my gosh, this is someone who I can connect with, someone who shares the same passion as me, children, books, talking about children's feelings. So I realized that we had an instant connection, and I just went straight up to her and we had a whole awesome discussion. That gives me goosebumps. Um, it does, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and just, then the next I, thing I, was she, there was a text saying, Ben, I've got somebody for the podcast now. <laughs> exactly. You've got a new guest. My first message. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so nice. <laughs> so Dominique um, has been a teacher for more than 20 years and has a special interest in special education. Um, so we, we clearly have a passion for the same thing, as I mentioned, um, talking about children, working with children, supporting children um, and the big feelings that they have. So I can just imagine as, as a primary school teacher for more than 20 years, you must have met probably thousands of children uh, over the years. A hundred percent. Thousands, thousands. Yes. And those thousands of children probably had thousands of feelings, didn't they? Oh, you know, it's, um, yes. And look, I, it's funny how it's shaped my, um, the, the, the ways in which I've, I've led and, and, and the spaces in which I've eventually come to because, you know, it's changed over the years, even from when I first started teaching to the different roles that I've taken on, having children of my own, and mm. then really even dealing with my own challenges in life and my own inability to regulate and uh, manage my emotions and seeing that through my mm. children's eyes and then seeing it in the eyes of the children that I, I educate. And so it's definitely led me to where I am now. Um, and it's, you know, lots of different journeys through that, but lots of different yep. big feelings, yes, and, and challenging, challenging behaviours that come from those big feelings. So tell me about those. So tell me, so just picture yeah. yourself in, in your classroom. Firstly, can I say, me. though, I love your hashtag, um, always child-focused. <laughs> it's you. so simple and powerful. And I just think I'm uh, being such an advocate for children's needs and, and, and wants, um, I just think it's so important to have these conversations um, and to mm. shift people's mindsets around behaviour and yeah. you know, through all of the avenues that you have with, with parents and children and, and families and, and whatnot. It's it's very similar to my uh, space 
uh, where, mm. you know, you have all of those elements coming into play. And, and what I often worry about is that we take the child out of the forefront and the centre um, and it becomes about people's stresses and, and, and the juggles that they've got at home and, and they they become mm. more important that, that what we need to understand is is the child and develop a better understanding of what lies beneath the way that they're feeling and behaving. And it can be so powerful um, to understand the unseen through having discussions about what is being seen and and why that's happening. Mm. So I think always child focused is so important to me. Um, and I love talking about this stuff. So if I veer off, mm. <laughs> make sure you bring me back. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I can hear the passion. I, like yep. I can hear the passion in your voice and our, our listeners can't see this, but we also have video. So I can, I can see the passion even just in your, your body language and how you're presenting. And that's, um, it's, that's important when, when you're working in this, in this sector and you're working with children. You, you need to be invested. Yes, and this is what I worry about in the education mm. space at the moment. Um, my mm. current role actually in um, teaching is, with my experiences, I'm actually a beginning teacher's mentor. Not many schools have it. Um, I'm very, very lucky to have a very supportive principal um, mm. who found this space that for beginning teachers, they're taking on so many juggles and so... Mm. Uh, they're just taking on so much. COVID had a massive impact on... Um, you know, children and their anxieties and their behaviours. And we're really seeing the impacts of it now. Um, Mm. We're seeing that teachers are also becoming burnt out and and struggling. And so I'm very blessed to be working with beginning teachers and and mentoring them in understanding, Mm. you know, how they can juggle all of this. And so I'm very, very lucky to be able to make the focus about the child and the relationship. So I do love that. Um, I'm actually blown away. (laughs) <laughs> it's, That's it's incredible it's it's fantastic so she's yeah I'm very lucky to do it you have to find the right person to be able to do it I take on a lot mm. of their emotional uh, baggage so sometimes it's very draining for me but mm. um, I'm able to use my experience uh, to be able to help guide them in the right way but also really let them just sit back and and recognize the child and see what's actually going on because obviously my background being in I always gravitate towards behavior I always have Mm. um I've run support groups for you know social emotional well-being I you know I'm always taking lunch clubs for kids I work very closely with the psychologist at school um sometimes I think she gets sick of me because I'm like I've got another one (laughs) I I, I think I've seen this you know I, I love trying and I think it comes back to this whole being seen, uh, mm. the whole reason I became a teacher was because um, I didn't feel seen at school. Um, I mm. was not seen as intelligent enough. I didn't um, learn the way that most kids learn. I was a good student who followed the rules, but I just didn't mm. fit the system. And leaving school and unlearning the message, the messages that achievement and success isn't really indicative of a mark um, on a piece yes. of paper which is what education is about, but it's about, um, you know, learning. And every child succeeds because we all learn. So isn't Mm. that the achievement of education, not a mark on a piece of paper? Well, it should be. It should be. So for a child like me who really loved to just be social and chat and, and, you know, I didn't really succeed in those eyes. So I really had to unlearn that negative space. And I am an intelligent Mm. person, but I just 
did it in a very different space. So I think going into education for me was always about advocating for those children that aren't seen. So tell us about being seen. So I think being seen does connect very much to this emotional regulation so and dysregulation. And I'm sure that um, Sam just spoke about what big feelings are and, and what that means. And um, so I think as basic as I can put it for parents is that when you are emotionally dysregulated, you are having a tantrum, a meltdown, you're hitting, you're kicking, you're crying, you might be withdrawing, biting, biting. You might not be saying anything. You might be crying. There's so many different clues that we can see. Um, And I think what I'm so passionate about is allowing parents to see, I I hate the concept of misbehaviour. I hate the concept of they're being naughty. I really have a problem with naughty. Um, Mm. And hearing parents say, my child's just manipulating it and they're being naughty no, your child is not that clever, sorry. No, I don't mean that. I don't mean that. Uh, You can cut that out, Ben. Um, No. (laughs) I, I really think that if you are saying your child is naughty or your child is misbehaving, you have a wonderful gift that they are giving you to see them. They're your clues. If they are crying, if they are having a tantrum, if they are melting down, if they are saying unkind things to other people themselves, it's the iceberg. There's something going on underneath. There is that big cavity of um, something else that's happened through the day that's happened that's so slight that they're now having to get out there. We all do it. Mm. I do it. You do it. Adults do do it. Why can't children do it? Yeah, hundred percent opportunity for for some sort of um, teachable moment or a connection and hundred yeah. percent. And I think wow. we we have gotten so stuck in um, our own stresses and triggers that sometimes we cannot regulate ourselves. So we need our children to, you know, toe the line or to follow. You know, I, I just need you to behave. Mm. I'm so busy. I'm so stressed. I've got this. We're all we're all um, you know. I do it, everybody does it. But until we start to recognise that, okay, they're really trying to communicate here to me that they're uncomfortable and what is it that I need to do here to support them in this environment because what we know about children and their brains is they're not developed and they don't have the ability to stop those big behaviours. They just don't. Mm. It's like when we're in a stressful situation and, and we know that, you know, that car's going to hit our child. What do we do? We, we just go fight or flight. We're in there. We're just behaving yeah. without thinking. It's the same right. concept for our children. They're behaving without mm. thinking. So the big thing here is is that when your child misbehaves, you're not saying they're being naughty. You're asking what is going on for my child that they're actually behaving in this way right right at this second. Yep. You ask the more complicated question. Yeah. Mm. Are you okay? Right. What's happening? Yeah. Do you need yeah. a hug? What's going on for you? Do yeah. you need yeah. some support? And you know what? It's a really hard space to sit in. I've been practicing totally. it for years myself and it's a hard space to rather, sit in. Rather than being dismissive and saying just grow up, you know, we're, yes. we're busy. Yeah, I'm busy. Can't you see I'm working here? And it, and it, you know what? And it works for the short term, 100%. Mm. But I think that we are creating human beings that are able to live in a society that is stressful and mm. we need to have a message to our children that it's okay not to be okay and we really need to normalise these big feelings. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do in schools and 
I think I had this this amazing story and, and I know, you know, here I go talking, but I worked with a 10-year-old boy about six years ago. This is what started my whole journey on this emotional regulation, dysregulation space. His mum was a friend of mine and he was really struggling. He'd come from a loving home environment. He was extremely intelligent and he was well beyond his years in, in maturity and that often played a problem with social situations. But I offered my help just as a way of getting, you know, having a conversation with him because he was getting into a lot of trouble at school. He was struggling to maintain friendships and he was having toxic relationships with his siblings. Um, He just seemed frustrated and angry all the time. So Mm. I just went in for a little bit and I played a game with him, Jenga, you know, the tower building um, game, the blocks. And I said to him, okay, we're going to pull a piece out, but we're going to play it a bit differently. Every time we do this, I want you to tell me one thing that makes you stressed upset or frustrated and I said and I'm going to do the same I'm going to help you I'm going to take one out Mm -hmm. and I'm going to say it as well so he took one out and he said when my siblings come into my room and don't respect my space I said good I took one out and said when your mum asks you to do your teeth in the middle of a you know a game you're playing and you don't want to do it and the idea of the game is that when these stressors and triggers keep piling on top of each other the tower's got to tumble it will Mm -hmm. it'll tumble and it's quite powerful then to explain to them this has got to happen. This is your emotions. This is how you, they come see, out. Yeah. I can see that visual. I can see the Jenga and pulling it out and it all sort of comes And it's the little pieces. Down. It's not yeah. the whole thing at once. Anyway, I mm. took a piece out and I said to him, you're a 10-year-old boy. And he said to me, he's intelligent. He said, that's not one. I said, yes, it is actually. And he said, no, it's not. I said, well, it is because you're 10. Your brain is not Mm. developed enough to be able to cope with all of these things and you need Mm. to be able to let it out. And, you know, his face just was like this light bulb moment of, I said to him, it's normal. And he almost went, the word that stuck out for him was that he was normal because he had started thinking that this was so abnormal because we have so many children that have such big feelings and often in a school environment definitely they may get into trouble or they may be seen as the kid that, you know, is always lashing out in the handball game. Mm. And I needed him to say, see that this is, this is just normal. This is a part of developing and growing up. And I walked away from that and I went, wow, you know, these kids just don't see themselves. They don't understand. And that's what started my whole journey on, you know, how can I help these kids? How can I find a gateway into communicating to them that this is all normal? And on that so tell note, me, tell us about the books. Yes, tell me about what a good segue. That you, have, <laughs> you have written because these are incredible. Tell us about them and tell us about the characters. So that's what led me into this. I went home from that session and I sat down on my book, uh, on my computer, not my book, and I <laughs> I didn't I'll have it yet. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> no, um, I really won't. Yeah, I know you won't. Um <laughs> And I said, how can I share this story and create a space where these children feel seen? And I started writing Raging Riley. He was my first Mm -hmm. one because let's face it, we've all met a Raging Riley. We all know a Raging Riley in school and it saddens me that we see them as raging. Um, But -hmm. what I wanted to do was take out the negativity in some of these behaviours. So um, my books are very, very colourful, as you mentioned, Jackie. I wanted lots of colour. But what I also did um, is each character has a colour. So there's five characters Um, and what I did was they are a picture book series that basically with all of my experience over the last 20 years, I thought, okay, what are personas that I see every day? Uh, Mm -hmm. So we've got Raging Riley 
who is obviously the name, he just is when he's dysregulated, he is aggressive and angry. We've got pressured Penny, who's seen as the mean girl. Oh, when she gets very pressured, she's actually mean. It talks all about those negative wow. feelings of nasty girls and vulnerabilities. Uh, mm. We've got Claudia Cool, who actually remains very calm and very cool through the day, but actually struggles a lot with the social pressures and the behaviour because she's such a good girl in class. And then she has the massive meltdowns after school with mum. And mum mm. goes, what? what's happening? Um, mm. Then I've got sensitive Sam who is a bit different. He's seen as the weird kid uh, who loves gaming and, you know, and, and I, I wish that wasn't the way that they see him, but that's how it's seen. And how his space is, he's very sensitive and he doesn't let people into his world because he very much protects himself. And then the last one's Worry Walt William and he's the big worrier who just worries mm. about everything and that creates issues and problems. So a lot yeah. of people came up to me in the markets and said, so what emotions are these? And it's the first time I went, oh, well, actually they're not emotions. They're actually more about the child and all mm. of the emotions and how they actually deal with these big situations. Yeah. So basically the books go through everyday situations that they might do, a handball court, swimming carnival, um, a single dad who is juggling three boys and, you know, has mm. this big, you know, you got to play sport to, to, to you know, um, all that sort of stuff. And basically it's a platform that it goes through each of these situations and what happens, which is very organic, is one of the other characters jumps into the book and they say, hey, you know, such and such is having a hard time here. I can see this. You need to give him some space. It's okay. I'm here to support you. You just need to breathe. And every book has that, one of the other characters. And I've run some programs in schools um, just as sort of some trial runs and so many kids put up their hand and say to me, but hang on a minute, Claudia Cole can't regulate because she couldn't do it in her book. And I said, oh, actually, she can't. She just can't do it when she's dysregulated. But she can support mm. others when she's okay. And it opens up this powerful platform for empathy and allowing children to see when other children are vulnerable and allowing oh, them to go, that. it's okay. They're, Raging Riley's not a naughty boy. He's dysregulated right now. What can I do to support him? And we talk about, what can you do right now? You can give mm. them space. You can step away. You can say, I'm here, but I can see you're struggling. So I'm not going to put any pressure on you because I educate kids that once our brain calms down, once our amygdala has stopped firing off and we're more rational in a rational space of thought, mm. we can then make good choices, healthy choices. Uh, but we can't do that when we're dysregulated. So the books intertwine in that way. So there's just, there's so many. Um, possibilities for how they can be used. I love it. I absolutely love it. Can you tell Thank me just you. one last question? What um, what age range are these books for? Great question. So when I originally wrote them, I needed to have something more for that slightly older. So some of the language in it is a little bit more sophisticated. However, in saying that, um, as you saw, Jackie, the visuals are amazing. So they can be used in preschool. The teacher would read it um, and then they right. would use the visuals because I put a lot of physiology in the book, sweaty mm. palms, sick in the tummy, head clammy, red face. So they can use a lot of that, just the picture stuff. Um, but then it can go right up to year seven. Um, I'm looking at writing, writing a program for year seven students around that big changes 
big feelings space. So pretty right. much from, Fantastic. you know, three to three-year-olds to 12, 13-year-olds is where it sits. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you so much, Dominique. Oh, I you're love, so welcome. That was I amazing. I love hearing you, you speak and your passion. It's mm. It's actually really inspiring. And I didn't even um, read so many of my notes. <laughs> you said that was going to happen. I know. Awesome. So thank you. I'm Thank you for this platform. I really appreciate having a space to speak about it. I love thank that you. you said, you know, it's okay for kids to not be okay sometimes. I love that. I think that's so important and I hope that our parents can take that away. And they can, and they can use it too. I hope they use they, it And they can well. use it too. Yes. Well, I hope you've got as much out of this, listeners, as I have. This was a completely unexpected and inspirational chat for me. I I didn't even know about the um, mentoring for beginner teachers. That's incredible. That, thank that you. has blown my mind. We're going to be talking about that as soon as this recording ends. Um, thank you so much, Dominique. In, from Inspire Minds, Inspire Minds can be found in various markets that are going to be on her website, and we have put a link at the bottom of our blog for this episode to her website. So you be sure to check that out. That's it from us for this episode of Questions. See you next time. You've been listening to Always Child Focus, a podcast by Holding Hands. Holding Hands would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, sky and waterways where we are able to learn.